We here at Stormdar Weather work hand-in-hand with the National Weather Service and other professional weather service agencies as a Weather Ready Nation ambassador. We are avid weather enthusiasts who have studied the likes of Mother Nature for over 30 years. The purpose of this podcast is to provide weather information, facts, and trivia in a manner that is entertaining and easily understood by everyone. Well, hello and welcome back to the Stormdar Weather Podcast. This is episode 176. I'm Rando. I'm Corey. And I'm Shara. And Grant's not here. No. Yeah. He had to stay and watch the kiddos. Yeah. Well, now, your, your normal babysitter is out, right? He went to Oklahoma for a couple days to see uh, Grandma. So that, that'd be Garen. And uh, so, but Grant's home and working on his car or truck or something and... What's he doing? Putting brakes well, on? Well, hopefully at this point he's watching the kids. Oh, well. well <laughs> hopefully you know, he's not out working It's on not the completely kids. dark yet. <laughs> hopefully he's in the house actually watching the kids. Yeah, well, that that would be good. That would be good. Um, anyway, the title of this episode is Bust. We're going to get uh, into that in a little bit of why I called it that. But wanted to say what fantastic weather we've had today i got out and it was so cool i went and played disc golf an entire 18 holes and i'm sore and tired so what'd you guys do you didn't kayak did you no you worked no you worked yes i worked i exercised today you exercised what'd you do i walked oh yeah i just walked around my neighborhood apparently i walked two miles wow you got a little pedometer thing or i do i have a well i have an app on my watch the, what's what's it called? It's just an Apple Watch. Mm, it's just something that <laughs> measure my walk. It's the workout. Walk it's the workout app. Right? <clears throat> anyway, Corey gets notifications that I'm out walking, and then he gets a notification that I've completed a walk and how far I went and all that good stuff. So he's actually the one that told me I worked. I walked two miles because I didn't pay. Well, attention. you guys really keep track of each other, don't totally. you? Totally. He knows when I've left the house every time and. Wow! Completed drive. How fast I drove. <laughs> I think one time, one time uh, <laughs> when he was flying the drone, you left, and he would like fly the drone and chase you or something like that. He did do that one time. <laughs> that, was that was fun. He did follow me down the road in the car with the drone. <laughs> I love it. Yeah. So I mean, it was a beautiful day. We've got a huge area, or actually had as of tonight, a huge area of an upper level low that's been spinning around the atmosphere and. Uh, Pretty much in central Missouri, and it kind of moved into like northeast central Missouri, and just sat there and spun and spun. It was it was cut off from the main system, and that's why we've had these what I, what I call pocket showers. They're these little showers that this uh, low generates when it's pulling in the northwest flow. That's why it's been so cool around here. Did we get to eighty today? Or I don't think, I don't think so. so. Barely I mean, got to eighty yesterday. Wow. Yeah, this is mid-July, and we should... Our normal high is right around 90 at this point. And, uh, but it was so, 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 so nice. And a little northwest breeze. I made a time lapse, and I've been watching, uh, trying to fit it to some music that I, I've already made. I'm definitely going to post it because it was really cool. And i got to show you guys later. Uh, I'll, I'll post it on the site for those 
those of you who are podcast listeners, you'll be able to see it. But the clouds were doing this weird roll. It, it was really wild. Um, but that low tonight, uh, it is 9.30. We're starting a little bit late. Uh, 9.30, it is around St. Louis and taking all of the rain with it. So now what's going to happen on Tuesday, our winds are going to turn from the southwest, and those temperatures are going to go and go right back up. Wow. Yeah. To, but, I mean, Corey's fine. He's in the cave, so you're 58 yep. degrees. Not bad at all. Yeah. You work tomorrow, too? Nope. Oh, oh! So it's kayak tomorrow then. Tomorrow is Garen's birthday. Ah, he will be fourteen. Fourteen! Wow. So we're gonna do something fun with him. So he'll be back tomorrow. He should be back in the morning. Awesome, awesome. Well, good. So let's talk about what this. Uh, what? Why I named this bust? A uh, couple three days ago, Storm Prediction Center was talking about a slight risk. Actually, they did a marginal risk on day three, then they did a slight risk on day two, and then on day one, did an enhanced risk all across southern Missouri, northeast. I mean, it was huge. It was huge. It was big. I mean, yeah. And then then the, the 8 o'clock update uh, was talking about... Uh, you know, a 2% tornado and then the 11.30 update. I And I remember texting you, Corey. It's like it, it went up to a 5% tornado. Um, they, yeah. Yeah, they were all out all over the place on uh, Springfield National Weather Service. We're talking about one to two inches of rain, thunderstorms with heavy rain. And we got three hundredths of an inch. Out of the whole thing. My dad got three-tenths of an inch. So, you know, they didn't <laughs> so get much didn't over get there either. either. You know, up north they did, though. You know, north of Springfield, they got some rain. There was a flash flood warning up there somewhere. Uh, so, you know, it kind of it started up there, you know, before before the storms were supposed to hit. Yeah. And then it all fall, fell apart. Remember, there was that uh, storm that came through that mesovort that kind of disabled the atmosphere on Saturday. Yeah. Yeah, Oklahoma didn't get that, but Miami didn't get it at all. Kind of developed south of Miami into the Tulsa area. They were all severe over there. Remember that? Oh my gosh, yes, yeah, yeah. They got really crazy. So they got pretty crazy. Although we didn't get much at all. I didn't water my plants that night because I thought, well, it's gonna rain, and it didn't. Oh, <laughs> no kidding! Wow. Yeah, I mean, we like I said, one to two inches severe weather. We didn't even get anything. Now, now east of sixty-five. Yeah, they had a ton of rain over there. Ava, they had severe weather going on. I mean, uh, uh, fortunately, I was off on Saturday. I thought I was going to be in Springfield. So, Sherry, you were off the hook. We're, yes, we're thankfully, because I didn't have a clue what I was doing. Yeah, we're, we're training Shara at this point to to uh, do warnings on the site if Corey's in the cave and I'm gone or something. We're just praying that we're not going to ever have weather when neither of you are available. <laughs> you know what? It's really not that hard. I don't have a clue what I'm doing. It's not that hard. It's really not. Once I figured it out, it's like, oh, gosh, you can do that really, really, really easy. So, uh, yeah, well, we'll do that. Uh, but I think most of Southwest Missouri, west of 65, didn't really get anything. Um, so I would think in an enhanced risk, you know, they're talking about a few tornadoes out of this thing. Nothing happened. And and the, what I think is, I think it's what you just mentioned, Corey. It, earlier in the day, there was this complex that moved just north of Springfield and then turned severe. Mm-hmm. 
flung out an outflow boundary to the south and southwest, stabilized the atmosphere, and by the time the clouds moved out, it was like 6 o'clock before the sun came out, we didn't really have any time to recover. So we really didn't do anything. I mean, nothing happened, which is fine. I mean, but it kind of puts a, you know, a red mark on the, it's a red mark or black mark on the, black X on the National Weather Service because they missed it. Well, or, it was the models that missed it. Really. Right. No, I totally agree with that. Yeah, I mean, the, the models, they were like screaming. And I kept looking. I was in the show, and I kept looking. like, yeah, it might, it might. But then, and it's not like it was a complete and total bust. There was weather around us. Oh, yes. So, I mean, they just didn't pinpoint it down. Well, it was a wide area, so, you know, they mapped it out wide enough to where somewhere in that area it could happen, and it did, so. And thinking of uh, 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 Tulsa, there are tons of warnings around there. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then again, tons, tons just east of it, which I'm, I'm okay with it. I mean, I'm not going to knock them really. It's just, it, it, it it's weather, you know, there's going to be misses. <laughs> I'm just thankful for this, this lovely, lovely, lo- mm-hmm. lovely weather. Uh, but, uh, again, tomorrow it's just going to kind of, you know, crank back up and, uh, well, so you're going to take Garen to kayaking tomorrow? Or? We have a picnic to go to tomorrow uh, night. It's the uh, Silver Dollar City Family Employee... Employee Family Picnic. Funness Night. Yeah. They're having Funness prizes <laughs> and all kinds of cool things to win. You just have to show up and they start handing out TVs, I guess. I don't know. <laughs> awesome. I'm sure that's how it goes. <laughs> I think you I still have my, my badge from the showboat. Yeah. They never asked for it back. Maybe they'll be handing out chihuahuas. Did they ever get ah! all the chihuahuas in here? <laughs> that was bad. That's what they need. Little yippy things going on. <laughs> I'm, not, I'm, not, I'm not getting you. I don't know what you're talking about. All the chihuahuas there for a while that were being dumped in Branson. Oh. There was. A, must there, yeah, there was a big thing. Did you not hear that story? Hmm. How did was, you miss that one? You, no. the knower of all current events well that's not history though so he wouldn't it's not history but it's yeah. current events he also knows current <laughs> events there True. was like a breeder or something around here and they were just dumping chihuahuas yeah like, there was over 50 chihuahuas it was crazy found running around branson going like this Poor shaking <laughs> yeah well at least it wasn't like cold they it were like winter. begging people to take them in because what's this on ky3 uh, Probably, maybe. I'm if it sure was it was on KY three. It, it didn't happen. I'm sure it made it to KY. It, I'm pretty sure it made national news, <laughs> among other things that we keep making national news right, for lately. Yeah. Oh gosh, yes, we continue. Go us. Hmm. Uh, I want to go there, but I, nope, I feel like going we, there. we shouldn't go there or whatever. It's a weather podcast. Uh, it is. Yes, it is. <laughs> it is a weather podcast. Oh, but that's that's what's going to happen. We're going to get another cold front coming through towards the end of the week, and it'll bring us another round of showers and thunderstorms. Um, doesn't look like it's going to be really potent, but, you know, it is July, so we're going to, tomorrow the projected high, Tuesday's projected high for Branson is around 90, and then we're going to get the low 90s for Wednesday and Thursday, and then that next front comes in. So we're going to have to talk about next week. What's the normal high for right now? Ooh. Right around there, right? We need good weather for next Monday. Can I put in my order now? What's next sure. Monday? The 19th. Yeah. We're having a large gathering at our house, a large outdoor <sighs> gathering oh. at our house. I On Monday? To... For many, many, many teenagers. Hmm. So I'm going to need know. good weather because I don't want them in my house. 
<laughs> so I don't want to minimize. You know what? I think I'll just look right now because this is such a professional podcast. Uh, let me see the forecast for Branson. It, it, it just goes out to money. Oh, chance of showers and thunderstorms, mostly sunny, high 87. So which whoop. which hey, means it's not going to be hot. They don't know what they don't know. It, it, it's too far out at that point. <laughs> no, Why they don't know they what they're going to do. <clears throat> so, uh, yeah, well, I think it's time to get to the tropics. Tropical, tropical, tropical. It's tropical. Well, Elsa took off. Elsa is gone. That uh, little tropical storm dumped a lot of rain in the southeast, went up the, the eastern seaboard, picked up speed, and is became extra tropical and is gone. So right at this point, we don't have anything going on in the Atlantic. So that's good. Now, in the Pacific, we only have one little thing. It's a disturbance several hundred miles south of Manzanillo, Mexico. Uh, we think this is going to, or they think this is really going to come out, you know, be something, uh, at least at least a tropical storm, because the five-day outlook was 70% now, it's up to 80%, and maybe up to 90 now with the new update, uh, moving west-northwest about 10 to 15 miles per hour. So, uh, we'll do something in the tropics, so, I don't know. What do you think? I think it's about time for a good old-fashioned tropical system to come up the Texas coast and people drenches. living in Texas might they might disagree <laughs> <laughs> you know for some reason otherwise. that's more of a like later on late summer early fall September is a good time that usually happens mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. so you know um, I hate to get all the rain right now if that were to happen but you know I don't know. I haven't looked at the uh, drought in a while. Have you? I have not. I shall do I can, that. I can leave that up to you. I so shall, I shall do that. So we'll do that. We'll wait. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Or maybe we can take that in the next segment. But uh, anyway, I don't have my... Weather's just been kind of a kind of a bust. The clouds were beautiful today. Drought hasn't changed. There's no drought around here. So, you know, it's just... Uh, you know, usually in July, it really is really, really dry. We're mm-hmm. not nowhere in southwest Missouri is even in abnormally dry, so we're in good shape. This is great. And if we keep having, we've we've talked about this before earlier in the spring. We don't need the rain all at once. We just need these periods. So you know, we had this little cold front come through to warm up. Now the weekend, we're going to have another front come through. That's the kind of rain that we need to keep things going. And I got to tell you, the past few times I've been out. Um, uh, oh, let me tell you this. I, let me back up. On Saturday, before all this was taking place, I went to throw a little disc golf at Sunset, which is Alexander Park, which is right close to Taney Como. Sunset Park is next door to Alexander well, Park. Well, that's it. Yeah. Well, what, I just not, don't have not, to drive all the part of it. I don't know why. They just didn't name it all one big park. <laughs> yeah, exactly. And I was covered with mosquitoes. They were bad tonight at work, too. Really? Mm-hmm. Worse than I've ever seen out there, actually. Are the bats on strike? Well, they must be. I haven't seen a bat in a couple of days, so maybe they flew away. Now, that's weird. Well, what was my fun fact last week? You're, you weren't playing your EDM music. That's what Oh, was. that's right. You play the electronic they're, dance music, and that'll keep the mosquitoes. They're not fans of the country flugrass that you Yeah, play but there's like there. 8,000 bats that live in this cave. Yeah, they, yeah. Come more than that. they were sleeping. 
They must be. They, you know what? We had this cool snap. That's what it is. It was cold. Put them to sleep. Maybe. They were hibernating. Could be. But I haven't got any ticks on me, so that's good. That is good. I haven't. I saw a tick the other day, but I haven't. Not on me. I saw one just crawl on the ground the other day. Where were we? Really? Yeah. Yeah. I don't remember. Maybe on the porch. That's when we were kayaking last week. The lake. Okay. Well, I know I'm kind of diverting just a little bit from this, but did y'all see Richard Branson? Space. They launched. They went to space. Super. Did not see that. I don't know much about it. Well, if you all didn't see much, well, you are just really not up with current events lately, are you? I know exactly what he's talking about. Yeah. And next is uh, Jeff Bezos. Bezos, Bezos. yeah. He's going up. He's on the twentieth. Yeah, Yeah. next month or Tuesday, they'll be going. Yeah, up and it's got. Well, I'm glad they're doing that. It's like okay, good, good for you. For what purpose? I was gonna say, you know, why don't you take a satellite up there? Well, you know, get get some weather instruments. Go and and do do something more than just go to space. I don't know. And the tickets are like what two million dollars or whatever. More than that, I think probably. I don't know. Think of how many starving children it could feed with two million dollars. I know, and I've seen so many Facebook posts that say that. Right. You know, I don't know. I just thought it was it. I thought it was cool. I mean, it's kind of a whatever, but I thought it was cool that he, they, they're doing this thing. So space, maybe someday they'll do that. They'll be able to go to Mars and land on there and take a whole bunch of people with them. So on that note, I think it's time to get to the weather school. So <laughs> this week's weather school uh, is all about weather balloons. Uh, we, uh, I thought they were going to launch some more weather balloons for this, you know, if we enhance risk, big, big, severe, they were gonna. They never did, um, but it. it it's, you know, there was. I'll, I'll talk about this real fast. There was okay. an enhanced risk painted. I didn't get the vibe from anybody that this was going to be a huge deal. Did you? No, I didn't. I didn't get excited about it. Didn't even get a second look. Really. I, I was excited for a minute, and then I'm like, everything. The ingredients aren't there. They're just. They're just not there. Share yet. what did you think about it? Yeah. I was just flabbergasted. Yeah. <laughs> she was beside herself. What are we talking about? <laughs> she was... The enhanced risk. <laughs> so upset that she didn't get to help post that day. Right. Oh. So disappointed. Your time's going to come, though. I promise. I well, it will. Really, you know, I have faith that it's not. <laughs> <laughs> well, we'll talk about it. We'll, we'll do that later. Anyway, the weather balloon will measure the atmosphere in all different levels. So let's get to the weather school. If there's something about the weather that you want to know, stormed our weather school. The National Weather Service just said there will be a special weather balloon launch due to the potential of some severe weather developing later today. What's a weather balloon? A weather or sounding balloon is a type of high-altitude balloon that carries instruments aloft to send back information on atmospheric pressure, temperature, humidity, and wind speed by means of a small expendable measuring device called a radiosonde.
A radiosonde is a battery-powered telemetry instrument that measures various atmospheric parameters and transmits them back by radio to a ground receiver. Radiosondes on weather balloons can be tracked by radar, radar direction finding, or navigation systems such as GPS. Balloons that are meant to stay at a constant altitude for long periods of time are known as transosondes. Weather balloons that do not carry an instrument pack are used to determine upper-level winds and the height of cloud layers. A radiosonde that is dropped from an airplane and falls, rather than being carried by a balloon, is called a drop sonde. Specialized radiosondes are used for measuring particular parameters, such as determining the ozone concentration. The balloon itself produces the lift and is usually made of a highly flexible latex material, though chloroprene may be used, and the radiosonde hangs at the lower end of the string. The balloon is usually filled with hydrogen due to lower costs, although helium can also be used. The ascent rate can be controlled by the amount of gas which with the balloon is filled. Weather balloons may reach altitudes of 25 miles or more, limited by the diminishing pressure causing the balloon to expand to such a degree that it disintegrates. A parachute attached to the end of the balloon allows the radiosonde to fall slowly to the ground at speeds less than 22 miles an hour after the balloon bursts. Each radiosonde contains a mailing bag and instructions on what to do if you find one. About 20% of the 75,000 radiosondes sent up each year in the U.S. are found and returned. These instruments are fixed and reused, saving the government money. For lower altitudes, a smaller ceiling balloon is used to determine the altitude of cloud bases. And for much higher altitudes, sounding rockets are used. And for even higher altitudes, satellites are used. Weather balloons are launched around the world for observations used to diagnose current conditions as well as by human forecasters and computer models for weather forecasting. About 800 locations around the globe do routine releases twice a day. Some facilities will also do occasional supplementary special releases when meteorologists determine that there is a need for additional data between the 12-hour routine launches in which time much can change in the atmosphere. One of the earliest documented uses of weather balloons was by a French meteorologist, Leon Tesserin de Bourg. He was actively launching weather balloons as early as 1896. His work was instrumental in the discovery of the tropopause and the stratosphere. Because de Boer's work was so instrumental, he was honored by having both a crater on the moon and a crater on Mars named after him. In the early 1900s, a meteorologist and geophysicist by the name of Alfred Wegener used weather balloons to perform experiments which led him to discover the continental drift theory. He published his theory in 1912. His theory was met with a lot of resistance and wasn't accepted until the 1960s, more than 30 years after his death. 
He has also been honored by having both a crater on the moon and a crater on Mars named after him. James Van Allen, who would later discover our Earth's Van Allen belts, also performed many important weather balloon experiments in the 1950s. Time magazine honored him as Man of the Year in 1960. Imagine what you could discover by launching your own mission to the edge of space. Weather balloons are typically manufactured from latex. Latex is a natural substance found in many plants. Plants use latex as a defense against herbivorous insects. This milk-like liquid can be extracted from trees much like maple syrup is extracted from maple trees. Once the latex is naturally extracted, it is spun in a mold in the shape of the balloon and cured. Each balloon is then inflated and inspected for leaks and defects before being shipped out to distributors and customers. A little fun fact, in July of 1982, truck driver Larry Walters tied 42 weather balloons to a lawn chair with the goal of flying out of Los Angeles following the wind currents over the desert and coming to rest safely in the Rocky Mountains. The balloons had more lifting power than Walters bargained for, however, and within minutes his flying lawn chair had shot up to a chilly 16,000 feet. Thankfully, Walters had an air gun aboard, and he was able to shoot out a few of the balloons descending safely into a backyard in Long Beach, California. It's nearly impossible to predict the weather without knowing the conditions of the upper atmosphere. It may be sunny and quiet at sea level, but at 18,000 feet, a weak storm system could soon turn into something more dangerous. By sending up regular squadrons of balloons to measure the conditions of the upper atmosphere, meteorologists can keep tabs on brewing storms. If you have a question about the weather you'd like us to answer, then send us an email at stormdarweather at gmail.com and in the subject line, put weather question. Well, that does it for this edition of Stormdar Weather School. And there you should know everything about weather balloons and that little anecdote. Uh, yeah, don't, don't, don't tie weather balloons in a chair and inflate them and go. That's not a good idea. Don't tie any balloons to a chair. It's been attempted. <laughs> it did, yes. I'm sure it has. That was one of the stories in the weather schools. <laughs> it's also a movie. A Disney, oh, it is? A Disney movie. Or a Pixar. No, that was a house. Yeah, true. Up. The house? He attached balloons to a house and floated away. That ain't right. You should watch Up. Okay, so. <laughs> Just saying. Just saying. So watch up and let us know. Okay, it's time to get to the next segment, which is in other news. So, Corey, got anything over there? Well, we had a uh, Pacific Northwest heat wave not too long ago. If you Ooh. recall, in the end of June, 1st of July. Yeah. Uh, there's been some studies done by some climatological scientists. Ooh, wait a minute. Wait a minute. I like that. And yeah. as it turns out, their conclusion is the Pacific Northwest heat wave was virtually impossible without climate change. There you go. Well, duh. Well, 
Well, if the climate didn't change, yeah. Right. I mean, right. what is 130? Climate change. 120 to one degrees in Canada is like we we talked about. So that there last was week. somebody yesterday that had a heat stroke at the track <sighs> in Branson. No. Um, I mean, what was the temperature yesterday? Maybe 80. 80, maybe. So my thought, <laughs> my first thought was like, are they from the Pacific Northwest? <laughs> Apparently like, not. Who has a heat stroke anyway, in 80 degrees? They're probably from Barrow, Alaska. It's like, seriously, I mean, it wasn't even a hot day. Oh, also, God. another study has been done on sea creatures Ooh. in the Pacific Northwest. All right. The record-breaking heat wave that scorched the Pacific Northwest in the United States and Canada led to the death of millions of sea creatures, including mussels and clams, all of which were cooked alive by what? the high temperatures. Was that hot? Oh my gosh! Yes, 120. But I mean, air temperature. They asphalt? couldn't have buried down into the sand or the cold water in the rocks or somewhere. Uh, they're having water. A issues. scientist who yeah. went to the beach in Vancouver, British Columbia, uh, to escape the heat, noticed there was a rotting, baking shellfish smell. Aww. They also saw dead crabs Jumbo floating liar. by. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Shrimp fest. <laughs> yeah, really. And unfortunately, uh, humans didn't fare much better. No, I was sad. Because the uh, latest count, which came out four hours ago, the uh, Pacific Northwest heat wave is now responsible for over 840 deaths. That's crazy. Heat kills. It does. 645 deaths, or more than that, really, in Canada, where you have to imagine... They're used they, to cold they all probably the time. never had an air conditioner in their life, you know. And oh, the, I know. And it's crazy to think, though, that people would die from just normal heat that we're used to seeing every summer. And there were over 195 deaths in the United States. Wow, that Omega Block really—I mean, it just—it, it, my gosh, it's insane. People don't understand, especially people in the South, when they say. You know, when these people with their little fans in their window and it's 110 degrees, they're like, it's just hot. But you could die. Right. Mm -hmm. That's why they tell you in the heat to check on your elderly and stuff because they don't they don't know. They don't know. Think of all the elderly that have super thin blood and they're cold all the time. So they might not realize how hot they are see that that's what i wonder seriously because you're right especially if they're on blood thinners right. I mean, they'll they'll cool down and you'll think you're but your body can't can't do that now my little fun fact well no not fun fact know, but my little, my in other news yeah. yeah uh death valley hit uh 130 i saw that on degrees. the news today. yes it, the other day on saturday but i found a photo with this guy standing at furnace creek of 135 degrees, that that thermometer, and I have that on here. I'll show you. Uh, 135 degrees on Saturday. Now, I just looked at, uh, googled hottest temperature ever in USA, and it's saying. Now, this is two days ago, which would be Saturday, a temperature of 134 degrees which is one degree less than what Furnace Creek said, was recorded in 1913, but this is contested by climate experts. This is firefighters battling the many wildfires in the region say the air is so dry uh, that much of the water dropped by aircraft to quell the flames evaporates before it reaches the ground. Wow. <clears throat> yeah, it's it, That's it's like so throwing the hot water out in the cold and it just... Throwing that bath water out with the baby. 
Wait a minute. No, that's that's something different. I mean, that's like some massively hot air when you try to drop water and it evaporates. So Furnace Creek is in Death Valley National Park. Mm -hmm. Is there actually a creek that runs through there? <laughs> I doubt and it. it is, exactly. is it as hot as a furnace? <laughs> because it's, a, it's it's the desert, right? Yeah. So yeah. I don't know. Well, do another fun fact. How, I'll Google it. Why it's called Furnace Creek? Because there's literally just hot there's no water yeah. well speaking of the desert the sahara and desert sand is 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 hampering hurricane development in the pacific i mean the atlantic ocean well, that's a good not thing. the pacific uh well is it yeah i guess it it's is hampering it's it's hurricane. not gonna be a it's just a temporary thing and it happened last year but last year was much worse than this year yeah there was more dust and all, all it really does here is you know you get more colorful sunsets it really kind of hazed up the atmosphere last year here it's not gonna be that bad as of now this year but it could be you know later on i remember that you had some really cool photos yeah. of sunsets last yeah. year just colorful but if it's not going to be quite still enough to to hamper the development though for the i mean we got nothing out there right yeah now, and that's probably why it, it, exactly yeah we had we, we were up to e and then that went out and we right. don't see anything now that doesn't really i don't think that really affects anything in the pacific yeah. that's pacific's and its own little thing over there so we're watching that thing um uh for furnace creek let me i googled this the name furnace creek either derives from the extreme valley heat or because of the spring-fed waters that flow from the ground at 82 to 85 degrees and feed the resort's pools. That would be nice. Yes, the name was first used in 1860, then given to Furnace Creek Ranch in 1889 by the Pacific Coast Borax Company. What that has to do with anything, I don't Interesting. Know. Anyway, so, okay, that's a little trivia on there. Wow. Is that all we have? Uh, I got one more thing. Okay. June was the third, June had the third fewest tornado watches ever recorded. Didn't we have one, like last month we had like- Yeah, May. May, yeah, May was like yeah. second or something, fewest, which is weird. And you know what I've noticed, Corey? I think you, you'll probably agree with me on this. We had a whole bunch of, like severe weather in the south, like in January and February. Sure did. And all of a sudden, within a month, it went up through us, and now everything is happening up in Colorado, yeah. Monta Montana. Montana, for Pete's sake. Well, it all goes north of here and later in the, in the summer. Yeah. Anyway. Yeah. And it, but, but within that little, you know, less than a month thing, it went from the south all the way to the north. We really it didn't have us a, over. Huh? It just skipped over us. Uh, yeah. So I'm, I'm wondering... I mean, we had a spring, a little spring. You know, normally we have no spring. It's like 60s, and all of a sudden it was 90s. But this, we had a little spring. So I would think, but no, everything's happening up there. Iowa, Iowa's, uh, Wyoming and Nebraska are getting hammered. I mean, every time I look at the Storm Prediction Center, they've got something up there going on. New York, I didn't put this on the list, uh, the outline, but New York has been inundated with severe weather too, which is amazing. <laughs> I follow some people on, on uh, Instagram up there, and they're like, is it supposed to be 105 degrees like every day in New York? 
New York no. City. It's like, no, it's not. It's not supposed to do that. So, but like you said, on the on the West Coast and the East Coast, they have been baking. It's insane. So weird because we're having a mild summer. I'm loving it. <laughs> it's seventy five. It's, it's and off here. and on. It, yeah. It's it's hot and it's cold. Yeah, but fortunately, we're around. I mean, if you would average it out, we're pretty close to. I mean, on the average, we're close to average. We'll get 90s for a few days, maybe mid-90s, and then a cold front will come through and knock us down to 80s. So if you average all that out, we're kind of in the middle. I don't know. Got anything else over there? Yes. Ooh, okay. What you got? Madonna does not eat carbs. Oh, that's an ad. Never mind. Oh, my gosh. What? The moon. The moon. (laughs) The moon. (laughs) The moon, yes. I think I already knew that. Well, NASA. Let's talk about NASA. NASA is predicting something big. Weather-wise. Okay, I have not heard any of this. Uh, they're actually predicting some record flooding, coastal flooding in the 2030s. That is bad news for coastal cities. It could be pretty bad. And it's all due to the wobble of the moon. What? Okay, explain, Do you explain, know what the please. wobble of the moon is? Um. No, it's a a (laughs) phenomenon that causes ocean tides to wax and wane. Right. You know, the gravitational pull. Right. Well, to our eyes, the moon appears to wobble uh, with with what they're talking about here in space because of its tilt, velocity and shape of its orbit. This takes 18.6 years to complete. Uh, If you were to like do a time lapse of the moon, it appears to wobble. I saw a time lapse or a compilation it was a, a long range type time lapse now, and it was wobbling but it's not really wobbling it's just the way its natural cycle is we're in that point of the cycle to where the gravitational pull is going to be more in the 2030s causing coastal flooding now okay now are you talking wobble like the moon shifting axis are you talking like it's just moving it looks like it moves weird but it really doesn't it's just to our eye that's what it looks like now that's fascinating Mm -hmm. so so in essence you combine that with climate change which we've got to get a hold of climate change if everything melts on the poles yes that would make total sense we're going to according to nasa by the by mid 2030 uh, people living in coastal cities may be dealing with severe floods every day or two. And this is according to NASA. Oh, that's freaky. In the 30s. So that's 10 years from now. That's only 10 years from NASA now. NASA says this natural yet amplified lunar cycle will be coupled with higher sea levels caused by global warming. warming. Oh, I, okay, wait a minute. Wait. There. Which will trigger a decade of dramatic surges in the number of days with high tide flooding on nearly all mainland coastlines in the U.S., Hawaii, and Guam. Well, it would have to affect other coastlines. I mean, it's not going to just affect America. (laughs) I mean, in my opinion, I mean, if if, if we're going to have like a rise in sea level when when the earth turns, and I don't know, India? Well, you would think. And most people... They have their own NASA over there. This is just NASA for us. Oh. <laughs> Not really Our national... Right. Interesting. 
and scary at the same time. Now, in 2019, uh, NOAA reported 600 of these types of floods, yet nowhere in the magnitude that they are expecting in the 2030s. These floods reached about two feet above the daily average. So uh, they're really they're, they're expecting uh, floods to spill onto streets and bubble up from storm drains. Ooh, that's freaky and yeah. bad. If that would actually happen, there's going to be a lot of chaos going mm-hmm. on. I'm glad I live in the middle of the country, you know? Well, and here's what they're concerned about. If it floods 10 to 15 times a month, businesses cannot operate because their parking lots are going to be underwater. So oh they're going to lose jobs and the economy is going to sink, you know? So it's just something that we need to think about. We have some time. We have 10 years. Yeah. But this is... I mean, we've made some progress, but not near. it's not near catching up to what it... The, the progress that climate change is going, we're not making the progress to equal of that. Yes. We're not keeping up with how fast the yeah, climate yeah, it's Yeah, and that's awful, 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 awful. Hmm. In Hawaii, poor Hawaii. Yeah, they don't have much to, you know, they're all coastal over there. <laughs> yeah. What is it? They're waterlocked. So yeah. Landlocked. Yeah. Volcano locked. Exactly. Ocean locked. <laughs> oh, my gosh. Well, is that all you got over there? Yes. Okay, well, guess what it's time for? It's time for the wonderful next segment, which is... Get ready to get educated in Shara's Fun Facts. It's time for Shara's Fun Facts, and she's been spending the entire podcast listening, looking <laughs> for fun facts. <laughs> a little bit on the way here. Oh, okay, well, yeah, a little bit a little on the way here. <laughs> so, Shara, Dazzless, what do you have? For fun facts this week. Um, so it's a kind of another dead week. We have totally yeah. useless fun facts. Yeah, okay. Well, it's something. So it's something. <laughs> well, yeah, it's something. <laughs> <laughs> um, Doctor Seuss invented the word nerd. Mm. I didn't actually know this one. So mm. Doctor Seuss is responsible for coming up with some wild and wacky words. Of course, we know this, but we can also thank the children's book author for a very common term, nerd. Um, it first appeared in Seuss's 1950 book, If I Ran the Zoo. The passage reads, and then, just to show them, I'll sail to Katru and bring back an itkutch, a preep, and a prue, a nurkle, a nerd, and a seersucker, too. And the oh word my stuck. <laughs> oh, my God. So I don't actually know what a nerd is, but we can thank Dr. Seuss for that. Wow. I mean, I know what the... I mean, I know what, nowadays. We, what we think of a nerd, but that's... Wow. I don't know what he was calling a nerd, but... Uh. Um, there was one man who set the world record by putting on 260 t-shirts at once. <laughs> now I own 260 t-shirts, so... Um, his wow. Ted Hastings son asked him whether he could set an official Guinness World Record. He decided to give it a try. On February 17th, 2019, he reached his goal by wearing 260 t-shirts at one time. He was able to get the first 20 shirts on by himself. After that, he required assistance from a team to help him into sizes ranging from medium to 20X. Do they? I've never heard of 20X. 20X. Oh, no. That makes sense. Around the 150 shirt mark... (laughs) There were concerns about Hastings' ability to breathe, 
duh, do the weight of the fabric. But he was determined to keep going and beat the previous record of 257 shirts. That ain't right. People have too much time on their hands. I know. It's like a quarantine thing. (laughs) (laughs) Let's see how many shirts we can get. I just... Picture Joey from Friends when he comes in wearing all of Chandler's clothes or whatever. <laughs> yeah. Um, there's a tiny home in Virginia called the Spite House because that is exactly why it was built. In the Old Town District in Alexandria, Virginia, John Hollinsbury once owned a house on Queen Street. He apparently hated the fact that horse-drawn wagons would travel down the alley beside his building and wasn't fond of the people who liked to hang out in the space either. So to spite them, he built a second tiny house in the alley to keep everyone out, which is how the home earned its name, the Spite House. I've read I about that the, before. I think that's where the tiny house came from. Because a guy built a little tiny house in an alley. and I mean, it says horse-drawn carriages, so. All right. I've seen pictures of it. That would be a long time ago. Um, the bubonic plague. Mm, heard of that? Encouraged Shakespeare to write poetry. So well. apparently, <laughs> back in 1593, there was a plague that kind of shut places down. I wouldn't know anything about that. Um, public places were shut down until things improved, and that's why theaters were closed and they didn't open for over a year. Um, so William Shakespeare, he couldn't write playwrights so he started writing poetry instead wow okay it's believed that's where his 154 sonnets came from uh, okay see they did shut things down back then but, yeah they did and they opened them right back up when everything got better hmm imagine okay antarctica I, we talked about this remember we, we, we talked, talked about antarctica week, yeah. and we said that no one is a citizen of antarctica we said that you were a cool. citizen of like other countries Argentina, and you work there or whatever, something. Yeah. yeah. Um, it's the largest unclaimed territory on earth. Let's claim it. So like no one owns it. We could call it Storm Dartica. I like that. Oh my God. I gotta give you that, Corey. That's a wonderful idea. Storm Dartica. The continent is governed internationally. Through the Antarctic Treaty System, which includes Argentina, Australia, Chile, France, New Zealand, Norway, and the United Kingdom. However, the land can only be used for peaceful purposes. That and a whole lot of science, because they do a lot of research there, but well, you, you can't wanna, live there. Oh, gosh, no. No, you don't want to disturb I mean, the penguins, too. Like, technically, you couldn't, literally couldn't live there. <laughs> Well, I wouldn't want to, yeah. Right. I mean, who would want to, but it's just barren land. But anyway. Um, McDonald's introduced the drive-thru service, which I did not know this. They were the very first to introduce drive-thru service. But it was due to the military. The first McDonald's drive-thru was installed in a restaurant based in Sierra Vista, Arizona, located near the Fort... I'm not even going to attempt that name. Military installation. (laughs) Military rules forbade soldiers from wearing their military uniforms in public, and they weren't about to change into civilian clothes just to grab a burger and run back to base. So restaurant manager David Rich came up with a solution. He cut a hole into the wall and allowed members of the military to pick up their orders without even stepping out of their car. The convenience and simplicity of the idea quickly caught on. Wow. It doesn't give a year for that. 
Hmm. I, but, say, I don't have to look that up. Well, I'm trying to figure out because when I, I was, I, it has to be in the 80s, don't you think? It would have to be because I graduated in 81. There's always been drive throughs since I've been alive. So. Yeah. I mean, there's always been, yeah, in 81, especially. Google that, Corey. While hey, Cor- hey, Corey. Google hey, when the first drive through opened. Even though you've worked almost 12 hours a day. Could you oh, Google that forever? Yeah. <laughs> um, pigs don't sweat. You know, I actually knew that. I think I did know this, and you hear people say all the time, sweating, sweating like, like a pig. Like a stuck pig, yeah. So if someone tells you they're sweating like a pig, you may want to point out that that would mean they're not sweating at all. Not sweating. <laughs> Swine are born without sweat glands, so when they need to cool off, they do what? They roll around in the mud. Oh, that's why they're like that's mud dwellers. That's why they move oh. around in a cool puddle of mud, and that's how they cool their bodies. Okay. You got something? Okay. The very first drive-thru. Now, I didn't find the McDonald's one, but I'll tell you a little bit of history of the drive-thru. Okay. The very first drive-thru opened in 1947. Whoa. Oh, that's a long time ago. That's way long ago. It was the world's first drive-thru. And this is a national article. The restaurant was called Red's Giant Hamburg. In Springfield, I was Missouri. Say, Reds. No way. Red Foley. Yeah. Right here in Springfield? The very first drive through restaurant. That's crazy. Yep. Wow. And you can still go get a burger from them. I mean, they closed well, down, but then they reopened. Google when this first McDonald's one was, so we can see in comparison. Okay. Yeah, because I'm, I'm, cur- I'm curious. Because this says McDonald's is the one that started the drive through Well, I believe Corey. Right? <laughs> it's like McDonald's and Walmart. Yeah, I don't trust them. So, so I guess, in, in <laughs> you know, Antarctica is unclaimed. Right. Here's also a thing. The For- first McDonald's drive through was created in Sierra Vista, Arizona for Fort... See, who, I told you I wasn't going to attempt oh, it. <laughs> spell it, spell it. Huachuca. Who, it's, it's, who, it's like H-U-A-C. The year was 1975. <gasps> oh, 75. They weren't the first drive-thru. Oh. My fun facts have failed me. Oh, my This is my a gosh. lie. I had to give a buzzer on that one. Lie. I just had a feeling that it, I was like, it can't be, have been McDonald's, but whatever. Okay, I believe Corey. <laughs> I do too. I do too. Springfield, Missouri. How crazy is that? Yeah, and cashew chicken. You know, we were just that lazy that we couldn't get out of our cars. The cashew chicken there is wonderful if you go to the right place. <gasps> I love my favorite Le- place Leong's. is Master Wong's, but there's oh. not there anymore. Oh, yeah. Well, see, that's before your time. Master Wong's. Oh my gosh, I would love that. But yeah. I'm not. What you say, Leon? Ma- Leong's. Leong's, which was the I've not ever had the Leong's. guy who owned it. Invented it. He's since passed like three or four years ago, but they still use his original recipe. Well, I thought Master Wong's did it's it. It's very good. Well, S- he seriously? probably owned that one too. What oh, was okay. the place that we used to like to go to that was? Big? I think he since got rid of that one and opened Leong's. Uh, okay. Yeah. But yeah, it's the truth though. Because I have still open. Well, it's that's Re- off the subject. It's on Republic well, Road. Here, here we go. Going. <laughs> Other fun fact. Now it's on Republic Road. It's on Republic Road where they also have weather. <gasps> weather. Yes. <laughs> you guys are nuts. <laughs> Back to my segment. Oh, oh wait, wait, wait. Do I need to play your like thing? You hijacked my okay. segment. Oh, okay, wait, we hijacked. Okay, so Shara, please continue. <laughs> For twenty years. A cat 
served as mayor of an Alaskan town. That ain't right. In 1997, <laughs> an orange cat named Stubbs became honorary mayor of the Alaskan town of Talkeetna. With a population of 772, it would not have taken too many votes to earn the position, and the small town did not actually have a real human mayor anyway, but Stubbs proved adept at the role, gaining fans from around the world and serving, in quotes, in the position for years, greeting tourists and becoming a beloved symbol of the town until his death in 2017. Does it say how he got the name Stubbs? It does not. (laughs) I can guess. <laughs> I mean, I'm looking. I'm looking at a picture of him, and he's got all four of his. Feet, well, I'm thinking, no, the so tails. What I'm what, thinking, like yeah. stubby tail. Uh, does he have a tail? It doesn't show up. It oh, doesn't show stubs. his tail. <laughs> there you go. You know how you, when you go buy fireworks for the Fourth of July, if you know you're buying it from a wonderful place, how that's do you know? Gonna really. Stuff through Alaska. <laughs> what? <laughs> what? It's when the owner gives you a high four. Oh, uh, oh, uh, oh, uh, oh, that's a, oh, gosh, Corey. How did we go there? Oh, oh, I don't know. Okay, the, the podcast is getting back on track now. You so. need to take a nap or something. <laughs> I love it. The American Public Power Association, APPA, says that squirrels are the most frequent cause of powder outages. Power outages. So what happens if, you, if you're out of powder? <laughs> I don't know about those, but power outages. <coughs> Sorry. In the U.S., the APPA even developed a data tracker called... It's like a weather term. What? The squirrel index. <gasps> Ooh, really? It analyzes the patterns and timing of squirrels' impact on electrical power systems. I can't stop laughing. <laughs> Turns out the peak times of the year for squirrel attacks <laughs> are from May to June and October to November. <laughs> the squirrel index got me. <laughs> the squirrel index. Squirrel index. You knew. So <laughs> I'm sorry, moving on. Okay. Spider webs were used as bandages in oh. ancient times. <laughs> I hate spider webs. Oh, I hate spider In ancient Greece and Rome, doctors used spider webs to make bandages for their patients. Spider webs supposedly have natural antiseptic and antifungal properties. Really? Which can help wounds clearing and prevent infection. It's also said that spider webs are rich in vitamin K, which promotes clotting. So, you know, if you'd ever run out of band-aids, just run down to the basement or whatever attic, grab some spider webs and wrap yourself up. So I guess that's why when the flies and everything fly into the web, they clot and they die. And <laughs> I think they're just suffocated by being wrapped up. In <laughs> well, that could be it. <laughs> I'd be wrong, but <coughs> Oh my goodness. Oh my goodness. A woman who lost her wedding ring found it 16 years <gasps> later. No. There's a picture. This one's really cool. Uh, it was on a carrot in her garden. So a woman in Sweden lost her wedding ring while cooking for Christmas in 1995. She looked everywhere for it. She even had her kitchen flooring pulled up, hoping that she would find it. 
She didn't see it again until 2012 when it popped up in her garden. And it was literally on the carrot like a ring, like a finger. That's cool. How cool is that? So apparently she thinks that she threw it out with the compost when she was cooking. And it grew in her garden. But it grew in a carrot. 16 years later. Did you ever hear about that shooting (coughs) that occurred like 30 years ago? They shot the bullet 30 years ago, but it... Oh, it didn't kill someone later because it was in a tree? It killed someone 30 years later when it finally pierced their body. I did. Wow. They were saw it. Was that there the was one where they go to shooting. saw the tree? Someone and it shot, shot at somebody and it the bullet lodged in a tree. Okay. Thirty years this. later they go and <laughs> chop the tree down with a chainsaw. Bzzz, the chainsaw hit, the bullet, hit that bullet and it lodged in the oh, chest. Oh. It it repropelled it. Correct. So they were shot with a bullet that was actually shot thirty years prior. Yep. Amazing. I did read that. Thank you, honey. Wow. A New Orleans hotel offered a $15,000 stay to whoever stole the most outrageous item from them. (laughs) I meant to look up what the actual item became, but in March of 2019, the Roosevelt Hotel in New Orleans decided to celebrate its 125th anniversary by offering a free seven-night stay in its presidential suite, along with complimentary private dinners and spa treatments, worth a whopping $15,000. But this wasn't the standard giveaway. The prize was only available to the person who returned the most outrageous item ever stolen from them. Wow. So you got to admit you're a thief first. Okay. Bring back the item, and then you win a seven-night stay with all the fixings. That ain't right. I meant to Google what, like, I want to know what the most outrageous item was that was brought back. Corey? Corey, start Googling. <laughs> that's why That's why we brought Corey. This My Google died. <laughs> oh, no. I hate it when your Google dies. <laughs> hey, Google. <laughs> what, was the, what was the most outrageous item brought back in 2019 to the Roosevelt? Oh. I'm curious. Like, what kind of, I mean, how outrageous of an item can you steal from a hotel? Yeah, really? I just thought everybody took the little soaps and shampoos and bath towels. and. Of course. I mean, like, somebody had to have stolen, like, a lamp or something out of the lobby. Well, if they get the right screwdriver, yeah, I guess it could. So. Right? You can't even take the remote because it's bolted to the table. Okay, final one. I found this very interesting. Okay. Children of identical twins are genetically siblings, not cousins. Say that one more time. So children that are born to identical twins, say me and Corey are identical twins. Okay. I have kids. He has kids. They are technically siblings. Genetically. Their DNA is so close that it would show up, like if you sent into Ancestry.com, whatever, it would show up that they are siblings. Wait, if, if you and Corey cousins, are identical twins and you are married to somebody... we're not married. We're, we're identical well, right. twins. No, I'm trying to, I'm trying I marry to get someone this. else. Right. We have Corey, kids. And, he marries someone else. And he they has have kids. kids. Our children would technically be first cousins, right? Right. right. No. DNA, genetically... They are siblings because oh. our DNA is so exact. Right. So yeah, it's yeah. Oh, that's cousins wild. Cousins whose parents are identical twins share twenty five percent of their DNA, 
instead okay. of the usual 12% that first cousins would share. Okay, that makes sense. Okay, so right. while full siblings share 50% of their DNA, so it'd be like a half-brother, you know, if you had a, right. a mother from a different whatever, you know, right, brother right. from a different mother. Um, half-siblings share 25%, that's why. So children of identical twins are oh legally cousins, but they are genetically the equivalent of half-siblings. Okay, that, I, I, I had to like... Map that out. What do you call it? The tree, the family tree, right? So, yeah, you two are okay, and then to be 50 50. Wow, I mean, like, I know many identical twins. The same thing happens in our family. No, 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 we're not going there. My kids, he's are going there, <laughs> not only siblings, oh dear, we're going there, yeah, but they're also friends, friends, and fifth cousins. I was like, friends, I hope they like each other. Well, it, it, it's like my family, which is really messed up. I mean, my last name is Luna. Gainesville, Missouri has, is full of Lunas, but... Loonies? No, no Lunas. I heard that about that. But, but there's two factions that are not related to each other, so they started marrying each other oh. legally, even though their name was right, the same. And then there's like... Well, I mean, that could It's happen. so confusing. And then it turns out they were related, and their kids were loonies. No, they were... Wait, wait, no, wait, wait. Are you done with your fun facts? We, we kind of have that on there. the Taylor side. Like, there's Are you done his with your fun facts? dad was a Taylor, but well, there Taylor's were, very common, right? So. But there were Taylors on his mom's side as well, and then they that were not related to each I other. I don't know. Okay, they well, were from well, a I hear that happens state. a lot. Seriously, because well, if you yeah, get a common, you common name like, like Jones, Smith or Jones. Yeah, yeah. Of course, they're going to start marrying lines that weren't. Related, right, but they're but, not related, but then they're the same name. It's like, oh my gosh, Ancestry.com is going, <laughs> <laughs> no! <laughs> Trace that! No, I don't want to <laughs> That'd cost you extra. <laughs> oh, Okay, God. I'm done. Okay. Oh, you done? I got some. Okay, what you got, Corey? Yeah, I looked up some funny weather puns. Ooh, please, 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 they're, please. They're so. pretty stupid. Okay, hey, you know, well, this podcast <laughs> is go, starting to go off the rails We're now. We're getting so. desperate. Yeah. <laughs> My I'm first weather pun is coming up with weather puns is a breeze. Oh, wah, wah. and there's always the favorite. Oh dear. I tried to catch some fog. But I missed. missed. I have a T-shirt that, that says that. Thanks, Karen. Yeah. It was a terrible summer for Humpty Dumpty, but he had a great fall. Oh, good. Oh. Oh. Have you noticed? I'm not putting oh drops gosh, in. These, are getting like, worse. Oh. these aren't even worth the drop. <laughs> hey, did you all hear the story about the tornado? What? There was a twist at the end. <gasps> oh, my gosh. What falls but never hits the ground? The temperature. That was, was going to say, oh. the season. Local weather reports state there won't be any rain for an entire year, but I drought it. Oh, good grief. That's bad. That's not even a real word. That's bad. Yeah, these are pretty pretty. pretty Pretty bad. <laughs> Fun fact. <coughs> yes. Our youngest child, Griffin, mm-hmm. we call him Griffnado. Why? He was born in a tornado? No. I guess you just got to know the kid. <laughs> oh, oh. <laughs> okay. He just kind of has a ton of energy and runs around and destroys everything in his path. And just 
Kelly Biffnado. Uh, I'm kind of glad he's All not right, here. You got so, any more yeah. punny <laughs> that's, facts? That's funny, Corey. Any more weather punnies? No. There were several, but those were the best ones. The best. Yeah. Yeah. Those that were the, the best? That was <laughs> the cream of the crop Yikes. right there. <laughs> well, I'm glad you shared. You know, and so I got to put the last drop. There, that's so fun. So, <laughs> Well, thank you. We need a little bit of that going on. All right, it's time for the last segment. Oh, it's the weather word of the week. I was looking at my drop thing, and it's like it wasn't at the top left. It's like, oh, I got to look for it. <laughs> anyway, it's time for the Stormdar Weather Weather Word of the Week, and we're going to give that to Shara, which she probably hasn't seen, so I'm really anxious. I haven't. I forgot Grant's not here. No, oh, I love it. So I used to not doing the work. I can't wait until you say this. So what is this week's Stormdar Weather Weather Word of the Week? I mean, it seems pretty easy. Okay. Benthic zone. That's correct. Benthic zone. B-E-N-T-H-I-C. I thought it was interesting. So what is a benthic zone? The benthic zone is the ecological region at the lowest level of a body of water, such as an ocean, lake, or stream, including the sediment surface, surface and some <laughs> subsurface layers. Organisms here generally live in close relationship with the substrate, and many are permanently attached to the bottom. Examples of contact soil layers include sand bottoms, rocky outcrops, coral, and bay mud. Which, yeah. So, I mean, I thought this was so A lot of words. Yeah. So, I mean, coral was the only one I understood. But just attached to the bottom of the thing. Bottom of... Whatever the surface is, been thick, and I, I think I was reading at some uh, some point it's uh, that 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 area is benthos, like the benthos uh, thing. I, it's really interesting. Have you ever threw those on diet coke? Oh wait, those are mentos. No, that's a mentos, right? Oh, mentos. No. no, he needs to go to bed. We need to be done. <laughs> yeah, well, we, we have finished. The uh, jokes are getting worse as we go. <laughs> And his Google died, so... It's like a Branson thing. The jokes Bintos don't get no better, folks. Bentos is when you mix Mentos and Bengay. These are the jokes. They don't get any better. No, 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 no. Now. We'll be here all week unless we end this. <laughs> oh, gosh. Well, had a, <laughs> had a slow start because there's just nothing to talk about. But, you know, always the end of their news and Cheris Fun Facts are the best thing for this Squirrel Index. <laughs> that is interesting, the Squirrel Index. It's oh, very true. We you actually... need to add that to your weather. You need to make sure we're watching the Squirrel Index. Our, our, my, index. my train I operate every day has a squirrel line. You know what a squirrel line is? I've heard of a squirrel line. Yeah, well. I'm not sure what it is. When you have a cable car... A squirrel line runs along the side of it, uh-huh. out the outside of it, and you grab it and pull it, and it stops the train. All the squirrels fall off. But if <laughs> like, a squirrel gets it? on it oh. from the trees above, it oh. could also stop the train. Oh, that's why they call it a squirrel yeah. line. Mm-hmm. Oh. Because- well, I think you definitely need to add a squirrel index so we can be prepared if we're going to have a power outage. <laughs> Well, well, we we've had the what is it the persimmon index? We've right? had the we did the persimmons <clears throat> one year. I don't have that on the website. The squirrel index. We need. To well, talk I think to you should add it. I think we need to ambient like weather. I think you need the squirrel Maybe. index. May to June, we just missed a peak time, but there's another one coming in October. There's uh, when they start collecting all their nuts. That's right. The squirrel index. They're going to be big old fat squirrels with <laughs> stuff in there. Uh, really take out the power. <laughs> 
Well, but before we end the podcast, I have to give a shout out to my mother. I've texted her. I saw her the other day, and she told me something I was supposed to add to the podcast. So I texted her about, oh, 30 minutes ago, and she has not texted me back. So, Mom... You're going to have to remind me what you wanted me to talk about. You don't about. even remember what you were supposed to talk about? That was like two days ago. I've slept since then. I don't even know. Like, I saw my mother like once upon a time. <laughs> well, no, it had something to do with the birds, and she had like a fun fact or something with the birds that was so cool. It's like, I can't remember. I said, and I always tell her, it's like, okay, you text me, you remind me what that is on the podcast, and then I'll tell you. I have a fun fact about birds. Ooh, okay. What is I think that? It's a sparrow. Yeah. Sparrow. Those are the black ones in gardens, right? No. Those are starlings. No. Not sparrows. Well, they're most blackbirds. Anyway, maybe. there's okay. one. This there's a blackbird. I swear it's a sparrow. <laughs> it can tell when it's being watched. What? If you're trying to watch it, it can pick it up and it will move on and hide. Really? That's my bird fun fact. <clears throat> That's bizarre. Now I. What? Cr- crows are very maybe it's smart. crows. Did you know that? I swear it's a sparrow. Maybe it's a crow. We rescued a crow at work the other day. A uh, baby crow fell out of a nest. Aww. So we rescued it, and one of the cave guides took it home to, what? to to help it recover. And we were reading all up on crows, and a crow can remember if you were mean to it. Oh. Ten huh? years later. Hmm? I, I think I've read that. You can feed a crow, and it'll remember you five years that you fed the crow, and you're a nice guy. That whole eat crow thing. That's where that comes it's from. It's the truth. But you know what? It's also that hummingbird thing because you're one of your fun facts. Well, is yeah, like hummingbirds every remember every feeder they've ever gone to. They've ever gone. But I remember the crow because I remember that's where that eat crow comes from. Interesting. Yeah, pretty cool. Because I, I mean, I know what mom had to tell me. It had something to do with like a crow or a hawk or something in, in her because she, she lives in, in kind of in the country. So it's like... Okay, well, she's going to listen to this and go, Well, figure it out Darn, I should have texted him about that. She's probably asleep. It's late. Oh, no, she's like me. She's up to like midnight no, watching okay. Gunsmoke or something. That's Corey's mom and grandparents. <laughs> oh, really? <laughs> no, she finds a good John Wayne movie. She's up. <laughs> I love it. Well, I think it's almost time to put a bow on this thing. Uh, we're going to be watching Hot Weather's coming back up. Get in the water if you can. Uh, Garen's birthday is tomorrow. 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 Happy birthday, Garen. Happy birthday, Garen. He'll be 14. 14. Wow. The age I was when I met Corey. Oh. Oh. That's so sweet. Do I have one of those? No. I, I'm trying to look at my drops that's here. not an awe because we don't want him to meet his... <laughs> Okay, that's true. No, but see, for Garrett, he does want to be on the podcast. Yes, so, he does. So Grant is going to have to watch the kids one night, and he's going so to have to come. Yes, yes, yes. yes, yes. All right, going to watch this. Going to another we need cold to put front a bow in. on this or a toe tag. One of the two. I don't. I toe tag. <laughs> well, it started slow, but it really got interesting. <laughs> All right, Corey, you got anything else to add to the podcast? Negative. Negative. Core, uh, Shara, Shara bleh, I can't even talk. Are you done? I'm tapped out. You're tapped out, so maybe it is really time to wrap this thing up. So be sure to look for us on Facebook at Stormdar Weather. Like and follow our page, and be sure to like or comment on our posts to have them show up in your news feed. You can always contact us through our Facebook page or send us an email to stormdarweather at gmail.com. Also, check out our website at stormdarweather.com. Well, that is it for this time, so join us next week for the next edition of the Stormdome Weather Podcast. <laughs>